Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to You've Championed Yourself. Who are you? It has been a dream of mine my entire life to be able to showcase ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their life and for others. Those who have taken their dreams or ideas and then turn it into their reality. As there are so many people that they, re you know, they reach beyond their personal, they go beyond their personal struggles, their pains and their traumas where so many people give up. They lose hope. There are those few that can walk through their obstacles and challenges. They don't know where it's going to take them. They just trust themselves enough not to give up, to do the follow through in their personal life, their career and in relationships. And this is what I call a champion in life. Today, I have an amazing lady here. I know her. I was on her podcast. We're going to talk about that. But I'd like to introduce you to Nicole Borgi. And she's an amazing individual, wonderful spirit. And let's welcome her to the podcast. Hi. Hello. <laughs> it's so, so amazing to be here and, and to, to be part of your energy and your movement of championing everyone one by one here, right? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I've had some amazing, amazing people on my podcast and I interview entrepreneurs. I interview on, uh, authors and speakers who have a message that the regular media is not putting out there. Right. And that's amazing. But I always start out my interviews with asking my, my guests to talk about their backstory. What got them where they are now? What was the, what was that journey? Oh my gosh. Oh, you know, it's, it's talking about this for me is so cathartic. And I, th I thank you for sharing this because that's what we're doing is trying to, to share the stories and the news of the beings on earth that no one else is talking about. Right. And, and, and that we need to share. And, you know, my experience started when I was young. You know, and people ask me, you know, are you certified to do what you're doing as a psychic medium or do you have experience? Can I get certificates? And it's just like I was born this way. It's kind of in my DNA. I don't know. Here's my birth certificate. I've got that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then just sharing that with people is, is these experience of the powerful life forces and the energy that affect us. Mm -hmm. in our life, in the days. Um, you talked about a full moon ceremony earlier and going to have a summit during the equinox. And we're so connected to the earth and, and to one another. And, you know, when I was young, I started tagging along with my mom and we kind of ghost busted haunted houses, right? Um, my brother was in a fraternity and we got to go down there and clear some of that energy. And it, it's just been part of my youth in my practice. Only the scary part of the journey was I wasn't protected and no. didn't know how to protect myself. My mother didn't protect herself, whether it was through, through blessings or calling in the light. She had no idea what she was doing. Mm. And it accompanied her mental illness. And so that is the main part of my journey to, to move forward, to share with people looking in whether it's your shadow self or the shadows around you you know how do you how do you walk through that those dimensions uh, on the earth plane um and and understand what's what's going on in your body right mm -hmm. sometimes we have these these moments and we don't know 
what it is that's going on. Think it's just depression and it it's not. And it per, see, I've been a shamanic practitioner for 46 years. And so early on and and the beginning of it, it was like, Chris, own your shit, own your junk, face your face, your face, every fear you ever had in your life. And it was like, I'm living. I face my fears every day because of my circumstances. Yeah. But in the process, I was luckily and luckily enough had Michael, Michael Harner as a guide. I did a lot of his training when I was younger because he was the one that went and first started t- going down and doing the ayahuasca mm. back in, back in the seventies, long before, you know, all of this woo woo was allowed. I was reading his books. I was, I was hooking up with his practitioners and wow. doing ceremonies. And one of the most epic things that happened is in 2006, I had a head on car collision mm. and I had already paid for this, this, um, event. And my husband's like, are you okay to go? And I'm like, I I've got to go. I've just, I, whether I'm okay to go or not, I don't know, but I got to go. What I didn't know is that I had, I, I knew I'd broken three ribs, but I, I didn't know I had fractured every rib on the right side. And oh my gosh. yeah, I mean, I, I, I bruised my liver, the seatbelt injury. I mean, it was crazy, but I'm laying on this floor in this, this event. And all of a sudden they, the, the guy that was directing us says, Chris, we got to put you in this canoe. And I don't know why. Cause I didn't tell anybody I had been in a car accident a week and a half earlier. Wow. And so I'm in the canoe and it's a, a healing canoe. Oh. And it was amazing. And everybody took me down that river to heal and allow the water just to flow all over me. I'm getting goosebumps because I've never told this story live. I've never told it on a podcast. And that night, it was a three-day event. And that night when I went to bed, I felt something pop in my chest. I felt something um, massage my liver. I felt something massage my back. And so when I went the next day, um, the instructor said, Chris, you look different. And And I told him, I said, I don't know what you did for me or to me. But what I allowed was healing and I got that healing. Well, thing was, is I didn't tell him that I had had a bad mammogram. And so the pop that I felt in my breast was that that nodule leaving. It was just dissolving into nothingness. And then my doctor told me because of the seatbelt injury, I had bruised my liver because of the accident. Mm. And he says, Chris, I don't know if it'll ever go back to normal. Wow. Mm. And that day, that healing helped in so many ways. Not only my mental state, oh, my emotions. Years, I could just feel it. Oh. And, and it was like, I went back and had a, a follow-up cast. You know, they do that mammogram. Well, they do this, this ultrasound to, of your breast. Right. And I didn't have, where there was something, there was nothing when I went back. Oh, gosh. And so the fact is, is it's about trust and it is learning to protect yourself. Right. Gosh, trust is huge. Following that intuition. And that's what I've been speaking on lately. And what a beautiful story and to be part of it. I can feel it. (laughs) So um, 
you know, it is that trust and, and, and taking the initiative to move forward with it. And it's hard, you know, because when you talk about, when I talk about and, and other people, and I'm sure you know this, um, you feeling that darkness, feeling that pain, um, and absorbing it, but not understanding what it is. And I always felt for so long, like I had to run and hide to protect myself. Uh, so I didn't go back out into that world and pick up more. And I didn't understand it. And learning to clear myself and protect myself and bring the light of Christ in and say, hey, you know, I'm okay. And I, I need to protect myself. But the 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 scary thing was, was even working, you know, I, I had the blessings of working with Marcel Vogel with a Vogel cut crystal and seeing his energy and seeing all these beautiful things when I was a child and and, and having these predictions Um uh, when I was a child about, I could predict an accident or the time it was or what street corner it was. And, uh, not knowing that everybody else couldn't do that. It just flooded me. Right. And for so long, it shut me down. And, and when you channel or you see spirit and I just walked with spirit every day, I was just open like this bright unicorn. And, uh, that, that was given away almost like a sacrifice. Right. Mm -hmm. um, as a child, because that's what happened when uh, your parent is in charge of you and they allow you to go into these circumstances without the protection, they are still sacrificing you. They're sacrificing your they, soul. They are setting you up for slaughter. It, yeah. it truly, truly yeah. is uh, yeah. on an emotional, mental and a spiritual level. Oh, it hit me physically. It damaged me physically as a child. Uh, um, uh, not, uh, you know, uh, health wise. Mm -hmm. I was hospitalized uh, through many, many years and sat in the hospital and did all these, uh, you know, I had a disease uh, turning every corner, but didn't know that affiliation of how they were connected. Mm -hmm. um, but seeing that as an adult and going, gee whiz, that's, that's crazy because you don't see that mm -hmm. um, as, it, you know, as through life, we shut it down and we stuff it in. Mm -hmm. But the healing really became of all funny places going through law enforcement and going through the police academy and working in a casino in security in casino management, watching people every day. And I call them stupid human tricks is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I had those thoughts sometimes. It's like, but I call it dumb and no dumb. dumb. <laughs> right. Right. Same difference. Same difference. Right. Oh, it's absolutely. I love the human. Uh, the, the, I love watching. I'm very voyeuristic. I love to watch what people do. And we do it now on video. We do it on TV. We get a movie, watch Netflix, sit down on couch, get our popcorn and watch it. Mm -hmm. But could you imagine watching it every day in person? Yeah, I can. I did. Yeah. So I understand. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I right? get it. I get it. I get it. And But most people don't because most people are oblivious about what's going on around them. Yeah. Huge. Huge. A fight could happen in front of them. Somebody can fall out in front of them. And if there's a big slot machine that's bright and sparkly, they have their dollar out and they're ready to stick it. I shouldn't say dollar. I'm sure it's more than that. But they have their dollar out. They're ready to stick it in the machine. And whatever's going on over here within inches, they don't see. And it's to watch that, how oblivious we are, and to open that up and to say, okay, why are these people hurting? Why are they suffering? Why are they still doing this every day? 
And what mm-hmm. part do I have to play? But realizing I can't save you one at a time. Mm-hmm. I can put a Band-Aid on you. I can send you to the hospital. I can give you first aid. Um, I can give you a cup of coffee. Um, but, you know, if you're if you think that this is just a one-time thing, that you've created this magnetic energy to bring this this to your life. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing almost that like that kind of karmic development right now of what you put into that. Mm-hmm. And hey, I'm all for people having fun. Hi, I was young. I was crazy. I had a really, really <laughs> good time. <laughs> I don't want to take that away from anybody. Right. But when you're harming others and the situation that you're in, mm-hmm. now you add kids. They want to, everybody's bringing kids to Las Vegas. But there's such a dynamic of everything going on. But it is a small part of what is going on earth right now mm-hmm. at this moment and to see that and to bring those experiences in to really wake up and go oh how does this reflect my life spiritually mm-hmm. uh, as a psychic medium as an empath where i can see these people speaking to me without moving their lips and you're just like okay you're talking to me loud and clear and i can hear you but what you really need is a confessional Yes. Or you really need to just own and become accountable of your junk. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But it's screaming to be heard and I'm hearing it every day. And it's like Sookie Stackhouse and True Blood. I don't know if you've ever watched that, but when she's reading those people as a waitress and she's like, oh, and they're, they're telling her her whole life. That's how I hear it. Mm. And it comes far and fast. And, and, and my beautiful gift in that is not just being the sabotager as we were talking about before the sabotage smasher because for 30 years i sabotaged my life so i said i have that experience <laughs> to help you see hey <laughs> you're messing up here Let, <laughs> let's see where you how you got there but to realize with looking at the shadow self and and how we mm-hmm. work what's inside what we've stuffed down and for me personally i always use myself as a personal uh oh, how does this reflect what my body energy is, is spewing out to others, what my, my connection is on an energetic level. I love right? that. I love, yeah, I love that because the thing is, is it is about our thoughts, our words, our action, our body, our mind, and our soul. And if they're not harmonized, you know what, you're going to offend people. You're going to piss people off. You're going to sabotage yourself. You're going to create contracts with demons yeah. And people, you know, they think, oh, you know, do demons exist? Absolutely, they exist. They're everywhere. Just go to the casino. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing is, when you get the addiction of gambling and you can't stop, that's a demon. That's an addiction. That's something that you've agreed to do. Right. But I don't think I've ever told this story. This is a first for many, Nicole. But... About 25 years ago in my journey, I was astro traveling and I was taken to this platform in the galaxy and it was beyond our galaxy. So it was kind of like the meta meta universe. Right. By two 12 foot golden praying mantis. And they're the healers of the galaxy. Most people don't know that. So they take me there and they said, listen. We need to forewarn you, if you get beyond these columns, you're going to fall off and we can't save you. Mm. If you step too far down past the columns in front of you, you're going to fall off and we can't save you. And I'm like, 
okay, what can you do for me? You know, I mean, I'm this thick headed kid learning my journey, you know, going through life and I'm going, okay, what can you do for me? And they said, well, just walk, just walk with us. You know, I mean, I'm a street kid. That's who I am. And that's my, that's my foundation, but that's my survival skills too. So I walked down, they said, okay, that's far enough. I'm like, girls, I'm with you. I'm not moving an inch. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not falling off of this place. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to go with it. So anyway, I saw all these beings, what I thought were lights, but they weren't. They were galactic beings. Mm. And they said, put your hand out. So I did. And they put in my hand this sphere of golden bands. It was open. And inside of it, it had galaxies and galaxies and galaxies inside of it. And so, of course, me being the street kid go, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm, I mean, I'm asking questions because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not leaving nothing for chance. So they said, put it in your other hand. So I did. And all of a sudden my hand went up and I had this saber in my hand, but it had frequencies. It wasn't a normal saber. It was a frequency saber. And I said, wow, this is really cool. I love this. Now what do I do with this? (laughs) (laughs) So in that, they said, you're here to cancel contracts that people make. And so for 25 years, I've been canceling those contracts of fear, addictions, alcoholism, cancer, all of these things, because people don't realize when they don't know their no, they agree to almost anything. And that's what leaves them unprotected. They'll agree to everything. Yes. All the time. And they do. Yes. That, that, what a beautiful story. I love, I have to say the printing praying mantis, we had a portal by one of the shops I worked at um, in a healer shop and the praying mantis would come through the hallway all the time. It was awesome to see that energy come in and they just have this kind of magical energy. And if you don't understand what these beings are like men in black and all the beans come out, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I've seen that one before. Um, and, you know, you see, you see these in life and, and how do you share that with others, right? And this is what you're doing now to educate everybody for that. But you have that ability to cancel those contracts and to see that, right? And, mm-hmm. and mine is really to kind of clear up that uh, at a chaotic level to bring it back to a space where it's doable and it's simple to understand kind of that detachment to say, okay, this is where I am. And this is what's really going on. So if you could watch yourself, if you could sit on a couch and watch your video on TV, how bad would that movie be? Because you'd be there armchair quarterbacking on a Monday night going, <laughs> oh, don't play that. Don't, don't, don't throw the ball to that guy. He's not going to catch it. Right. You know, that's the other team. Don't do that. Right. You, you would stand there and say no. Uh, so we don't watch. What are we doing or what we're in? We're so deep in it. Yeah, we're so deep in it. We can't see outside that jar. And you're like, Oh, I could see right here. And you're on automatic and you see so many people. It's, they're zombie like now they're just automatic, you know, what they do or how they do. And it's, they say one thing and their spirit says another. And then when you go to help them and it, and they're like, it's friction. Mm-hmm. You ask for help. You don't want it. It's okay having to learn to say it's okay if you don't want the help. I have And as a healer, it's very important to learn to be able to identify that and say, okay, 
let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. step back because learning your no as a healer is very, very important because most empaths and you're very, very empathic. I can feel your empathy. <laughs> and it's like, if one, if you don't protect yourself, you're going to absorb everybody's energy. And it's like walking in the room of a toilet bowl and just like, like oh, I just don't like it here. But before you got there, you were all excited about going and enjoying and being a part of. Right. And you're like, oh, man, what the world happened here? <laughs> what did I just walk into? But this leads me up to my next question. Let's talk about being a psychic surgeon. Oh, I love that. So, you know, having that ability to take that the energy of of others and 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 go into a deep dive and at, at an energetic level into the soul and go in to somebody and say hey maybe somebody has um you know a chain on their ankle at a spiritual level that's not allowing them to go forward they can only go so far and they're like whoa what's stopping me i try to do it but i can't i try to do it but i can't and you it's it's like you go to start you go to start and you start a new task, you start a new job. And it's like every day I'm, I'm trying this new task to make maybe phone calls to clients because I want to be an entrepreneur. And for some reason you get distracted and you just never can quite get to the point where you pick up the phone. I say this like this now, anybody knows <laughs> it's, my cell phone. It, it's a cell phone now, like anybody knows what this is anymore. But, uh, you know, you just can't quite get to the point where you actually dial. And it's not that you have a fear, but all, something is stopping you. And what is it? Well, it's on that energetic level, you're chained to get, and you can't get that done. Mm -hmm. You have to find out what the chain is that, that stops you and it, you are bound to and find that out. And as a psychic surgeon, I can go in and with your permission, mm -hmm. and if you allow, you have to give permission. It has to be on you. Sorry, it's you've got the control and I can unlock that for you. Now you can step forward. Now you can take that step and you'll feel like, oh, there's a weight lifted off of me. Now I have freedom and movement. Where did that come from? But many, many times clients will come into that and the caution on that is they feel this freedom and they forget that it was on a spiritual level. So now they're free to do what they want. And then they get in trouble again down the road. Right. And then they stop themselves again because they, they, they allowed, but they did not continue to fulfill that almost new contract that they have made. Or they didn't apply the discipline. No, 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 absolutely. They don't want to uh, do those daily rituals, develop new habits, or it's very much discipline. And on a self-leadership level, it is that awareness of the situation that happened. And now moving forward to your goal, what did you do? So you can continue to do it. And that on an earthly plane, that's where we're at. So Pluto came in and everything, all the truths were unfolded, right? And it was like, oh, Nicole at a, at a, at a, at a level 10,000 all over the place, you get the bluntness, you get the truth. It's out there. Now, what do you do with it? Oh, that's great. And then they're going to put their blinders back on and, and hide and go back into life. Well, it doesn't affect me. Mm -hmm. You have been forced to change your life. 
you have been forced to change the way you shop or drive or school for your kids. How are you going to change yourself? And that's what you do by having the show. How are you going to change yourself moving forward? Now that the chains are off, what do you do? Now that you've been unmasked and you've unmasked yourself, what do you do? It can be a little bit scary, but it's not gross, right? Understanding who we are at, at the shadow level. And, and Jung just spoke on this, and so many people are talking about all these archetypes. That's great. It's like an astrology. Oh, I know that I'm a Sagittarius and I'm full of fire. But if you're constantly pulling your fire, putting your fire out, you're putting your drive out. You mm. understand it at this level, but you don't want to continue to understand and be part of it, take part of it, and understand that discipline or whatever that ritual is, right? Yes. Yeah. At, on, a, on a higher level. So do that. Get off your soapbox, put down your bullhorn, stop being triggered, and now allow yourself to heal. But when we open up and, and that my lesson as a child, opening up, you have to allow those blessings in and continue to bless yourself and continue to to be on a, a higher spiritual level wherever you go all the time. Mm -hmm. and just stop, take a breath and see where you're at and go, OK, I understand what's going on in front of me mm -hmm. and what's going on around me. If it's not working for me, I can step over. Just take a few steps over here. Mm -hmm. And understand that this isn't maybe a path that I need to take. You know, don't, don't go, don't go back there. What brought you? And, and part of that chaos and the work that I did was what got you here? Yes. Who drove you here? <laughs> Who did you allow to drive you here? Whose car did you get in? You're the devil in a, in a cute little black cocktail dress. Right. What are you, what are you spewing in the world and what are you allowing to happen? What were the circumstances to get you there? Mm -hmm. Just don't do it again. And, and, and people, and, and, and to me being the, the crazy uh, growing up on the street, being a runaway partying girl, it, it's no fun. You got to party with fun people. Otherwise it's not fun, right? Mm -hmm. and your life, you're not having a fun life and everybody's a, a Debbie Downer. Then that, that environment and those people seriously have, uh, 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 they are, they are, uh, you know, they're, 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 that energy, they're sucking all your energy out and they're creating another vortex for you to step into that you're just not seeing what's going around in that tornado around you, uh, you know, really. And, and you're allowing that to happen again. If you feel that no matter, oh, I, I called an Archangel Michael, I put the protection around me, I, I zipped up and nobody, nothing bad can get to me. I put my mesh around me. If you think that no matter what you do and you allow those bad people into your life mm -hmm. and you ignore that, that's still having an effect on you. I don't care who you are. I agree. I actually had a client that I said I couldn't coach her anymore because she wasn't doing the discipline practice. And this was after four years of working with her. Oh, wow. And in that four years, I took 14 demons off of her, oh. 14 in four years. But when you're doing a, a, a healing and it's virtually, you don't know what they're doing after they turn the camera off. No. But you can sense that they're not evolving and so I finally said, listen, I can be your friend, but I can't be your coach. And this person with Rockets Regular, this is the first person in 46 years I've ever had to do this with. Oh. 
However, the fact was, is it had nothing to do with me, but you weren't taking my advice, but you were being that, that um, draining of energy you wanted. It was like you were, they were a zombie and they just needed a refill. Uh Right. And it's like, no, that's not my, that's not my job. I'm not your God. I'm not your rescuer. I'm your guide. And you have to take a choice on what you do. So in that it's like, okay, you know, let's, let's just talk about all the craziness that's in the world and people's perception Mm. because she thought it was okay. And saw me as the problem and went around all over Facebook, all over our mutual friends and, and bad mouthed me and told all kinds of stories. And it's like, it's not for me to defend. No, no, it's not. Don't. And I don't, but the, the fact is, is it's just, this is how people get caught up in their contracts and they want to blame. Again, it's the pointing the finger at everybody else. But when you've got three fingers, four fingers pointing back at you, what did you not do Hello. to evolve? Because That's- the energy was there. The, the support was there. The guidance was there. What did you not do? to evolve. So that's why I say face your, face your shit, take your junk. Gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent face it. It's like, it's like taking a laxative every day because you're constipated, but Mm -hmm. never exercising, never drinking water, never taking fiber or whatever you need, right? Never getting sunshine. You are never healing from that. You're never moving forward. You're never getting better. You know, you're, you're not doing anything for it. You're running to take that. And with that helicopter mom scenario these days, the mom's always throwing the Band-Aid on the kid. They will never learn not to screw up on their own or not mm-hmm. touch the stove or, right. or not do that. You know, and it's like listening to Tim Kennedy the other day on a podcast and, and he was a UFC fighter and in the military and, and, and he talks about that right now. And he has a facility where he takes the younger generation and the parents um, and, and, you know, other military and law enforcement. And he brings them into the facility to say, hey, let's get a discipline on a martial arts level or let me fill this in where you are now disciplined. You are developing a discipline and you have a community around you to develop that discipline. Because if you have someone like you where they're just sticking a straw on you and sucking all that good juice out of you. Mm-hmm. You, how are you refilling that? And then they go out and they don't have that community around them. And that's what about self-leadership and awareness in your environment. It, it, it's a hundred percent that mm-hmm. right to do that. And, and I, I got tired, you know, hearing you say rescue and I got tired of rescuing people. I, I, well, I was doing it uh, at, at a level uh, you know, in, in, in security. And then I was doing it, going home to rescue my family mm-hmm. and I couldn't rescue my family mm-hmm. because they wouldn't rescue my themselves. Right. And, th- and see, that's the thing is, is most people think, well, you've got this energy <clears throat> ability, um, fix me. Well, it's not about fixing you. It's about how you want to fix yourself, but I'll guide you just like a a coach or just like a, an athletic trainer. I'm going to help you through this process, but you have to do the work. And nowadays, and it's been this way for a while, you know, people don't want to do the work. They don't want to face. They just want to uh, do the hustle. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care what they do. They don't care anything that they say or their actions. And then wonder why it all goes in the toilet bowl. 
they don't want to be accountable for anything. And it's, it's how do we share that on a different level? And I see that at a spiritual level with healers. And that's why I stopped working at a brick and mortar because healers were doing it to each other. It's, it's a vicious cycle. And, and that's why <clears throat> it's interesting. I'm going to send you a link afterwards of my Equinox healing I did today. I actually spoke about how I was never that follower. I was that black sheep. I, I never went along with the crowd. I don't believe to be a healer, you have to do this, 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 and this. I don't believe as assisting and being of service, you have to do this. Right. But like you, you're a crystal Reiki master. Right. I'm a, a Reiki master. Mm-hmm. I use crystals. I use different tools. But can we talk about the t- the crystals that you use and how you use them to help someone? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, I I always go back to quartz, you know, and that's basically what Marcel Vogel and I didn't realize who he was till later in life when everybody's like, oh, a Vogel crystal. It's got so many sides and and he does a simple healing where he takes it. And this is not a Vogel crystal by any means, but basically a quartz crystal and you're pointing it certain ways and you're taking that energy out and then you're putting the energy back in. So it's very simple what he teaches. You can Google him and watch it on, on video. And, and because he was a scientist, it was just simple and strategic. And that is always the best way in, in, when you're practicing theory or when you're practicing for science, you have to find ways in order to test it so many times, maybe let's say we're going to do this 10 times, this little healing energetic, but we can check that each time. And so when you do the same thing and you follow that same procedure, there's a reason for that Um, because you're going to get more of the benefits by doing it the same each way. There's always a little bit of a variation, but there's, there's, there's always that foundation you want to start with. But with crystals, I always take um, the, the, the quartz, it's in everything and it's very available. I like simplicity and I don't think that you need to, when you're starting with uh, all your tools, because you're going to go crazy nuts. I need this shaker and I need this drum and I need these things, pretty things on my wall. And, uh, you know, simple tools like these energy, these, these resonate with the, the modalas energy with a, a frequency. And it's just simple things we can put somewhere and just taking that crystal and realizing these crystals, they are repeaters. So just like a radio, uh, you have to have two, two, two radios. So you have to have one to talk into and one to receive the message on the other side. So if I give you a, a radio, they, they, they talk to one another and then there's a repeater, an antenna somewhere on a building and, and that, that signal transmits just like your phone. So you have that, that, that big transmitter. These are s- simple things. This, this will help you at a level to, to play with and learn your energy and learn how to use it. It's safe. Uh, you can give it a job. Uh, you can clear, you know, you want to clear it uh, from any muck from the store that you buy it at, though. That, that is a definite wherever you get it. Um, but you use this crystal and you take another crystal, um, uh, like this handy dandy amethyst here, and it's going to increase that energetic vibration. So anything around it, it will increase. But it, it's just the energy here. And if you don't believe that crystals heal, go back to Marcel Vogel, a scientist. That's how he started with a Vogel crystal, was doing research um, in Silicon Valley. 
on, on energy. It's in your computer. It's in your phone. We use it for technology. Why not use it for the human being? The 13 crystals, the skulls, you know, they're repeaters, they're energy, they're computers, just like the computer you're, you're working on. It's a crystal. It all has energy. Everything has energy. Uh, they use it in science. They, they use it in technology. So don't tell me there's no science on it. There's a lot of science. There's too much science on it. Um, I, I love hearing that, right? And on a psychic connection, I'm doing research with SRI, or the Stanford Research Institute with Ingo Swan and Russell Targ uh, for some summits and speeches coming up. So there's science for everything. Um, and uh, I'm a research nut. I don't know about you. But anyway, back to the crystal you know, this, use this for your healing and just for that energetic connection. If you want to find out, just feel it, just rub it mm -hmm. in your hands, take some energy, feel that and feel, oh, I feel a little bit lighter. Use your body as like a human pendulum to read that energy, which direction you want to go and just feel into it. Just feel the vibrations. It's not going to go like this, like a movie, but you're going to feel a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's like the difference when you take a sip of coffee and you haven't had coffee in a couple hours because you were asleep. So you have your coffee in the morning and then you're taking a cup of coffee. So you just want to sit with it for a little bit. So there's little bits of signs and see if you're different. If you're different every day, if you feel the difference and you're called to touch your crystal, just check it out for a week. A couple of days, it's all you need to check that on that energy. And you take this and you can take it to your chakras on a very simple level uh, with really without hurting yourself, but really feeling into it. If you've done a meditation and you, you've kind of opened your chakra and protected yourself and, and you can take it maybe to your head and just feel that if you're laying down as crystal Reiki master, I, I put this on people when they're lying kind of on that bed. Right. And mm -hmm. I put it on their chakras in their heart. And I just feel that energy like the little crystal I have here. How does that make you feel? Does it make you stop and go, Ooh, that's something going on there, right? Mm -hmm. you know? And and the, the, so I do this. You know, I have different crystals that I work with and musical instruments. And it's just always brings me back to the simplicity of what the crystals do and, and how they work with us and how you feel. You know, if you're having a bad day, just throw a bunch of them in your purse as much as you can carry. <laughs> Put them in your pocket, you know. Um, and, and that's just understanding that right? You don't have to have millions of dollars of crystals in your home. And, and once you start your healing journey, you will. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just the, the purity and the simplicity. And that's what really Marcel Volga's always talked about. Um, and in his shop, I mean, there's, you know, fairies and elemental beings and energy everywhere. But he had crystals on the ceilings and he had crystals everywhere in his shop. But it was always, he always came back to the quartz crystal. I love that because when I went to Florida, I used to live in Florida, but then I never went there, but I went and visited my best friend. I've known her since like 1999 and we went to Casadega and it's a uh, spiritual place where a man found a vortex in Florida and protected it as a um, spiritual place. And I went there and I went in this hotel and the door frame has been expanded and across the top and down both sides, they had attached quartz crystals. Oh. So anybody coming into their shop was not bringing any negativity into that shop. 
they were not bringing in any of their junk, any of their baggage, any, any of their suitcases. They were leaving it at the door. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have got to do that. My husband says, not in the house. It'll explode. (laughs) (laughs) So I agree with you with crystals. Yes, I do. I have crystal skulls, uh, clear crystal skulls. And um, there's a difference between a quartz crystal and a smoke crystal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The clear crystal is the masculine of the crystal. And Mm -hmm. the smoke crystal is the feminine of the crystal. So it's the white smoke crystal is the feminine. And in all the things that happen, most people don't realize that. But when you are connected to crystals, you showed me yours. I'm going to show you mine. (laughs) Yeah, mine are just these tiny cute ones. (laughs) I I got a little bit bigger. I want to get a big one, but I haven't found the one that resonates with me. Oh, yeah. So, but I wanted to talk about herbalist. I love this. I mean, I grow herbs. I'm a gardener. I love herbs. I love them. And how do you use it in your spiritual practice? That's what I'm curious about. I was looking for something that I could show you because, oh, oh, here we go. So in here, in this bottle, mm-hmm. um, is sage and Palo Santo chips with the oil of sage and Palo Santo. Oh, wow. So when I, I spray it, you know, it's out in the air. I, I missed it. it. It goes into the vapors, right? But also, you know, I can spray it in the air. I can spray it on myself if I, I don't want to use the smoke or clients don't like too much of the smoke because uh, we can it can get overwhelming. But just having it here in this form, having it here, um, and of course I have it with my crystals, uh, you know, it, it changes the energy. It helps if I'm forget for a moment to sage something, it, it just for it being there, you know, getting on the podcast and having uh, these symbols behind me, it increases and changes that vibration. And it kind of adds a little spark, a little energetic increase and a little bit of those blessings because I put that intent when I set with my herbs and the oils and I'm mixing my cauldron and I'm, (laughs) no, um, (laughs) you know, um, I put that Reiki energy in there. I put that intention in there for wherever it's at, that the intention of protection and love is in there and healing is already in there. Ooh, put juniper in there too, if you can. Oh, yeah. And the reason being I say that is because juniper is a healing. And when you have uh, sage and when you have um, Palo Santos, those are both um, healing protection. But the, the trio of it gives out such an amazing aroma. Ooh, I'm all backwards on this camera. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> yeah, I am too. So don't don't feel don't feel bad. I'm adjusting my stuff, you guys. It's because I'm totally backwards, and and I'm naturally dyslexic, really. Uh, so so I'm like totally messed up. That's okay. Um, but yeah, juniper. They used to have that a lot of that up at Mount Charleston when I was living in Las Vegas. Beautiful. I put put it in the back of my car. I, I love the smell of it. Yeah. Um, it is really great for the kidneys, um, too. Just to rub some juniper oil with uh, on their kidneys. And I started this uh, really 
because I was in the hospital. So I have an autoimmune disease. I got Guillain-Barre through shots. I, I, I couldn't move. My circulation is messed up from a kid mm. or I, I get these aches or these swellings since I was a child. And, and I'm constantly sick. And every three months I've got a sinus infection. I'm in the hospital again. And all these doctors want is more surgery, more hospital time, more da, 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 da. And I'm a huge conspiracy theorist. So I'm always afraid that they're going to do some experiment on me if they haven't. <laughs> so, like, what are you using this for? Um, uh, you know, because, and, and truth be told, um, the madness in my family, but my mom had been experimented on through the military as a child. So that, that holds a generational, I needed to stop that at a DNA level. Yeah. Uh, so as a healer, when we, we heal ourselves, we're healing our family lineage and those around us. But, but also to say, I am so done taking pills. I'm tired. I, when people say you're tired of being tired, not being able to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Not being able to move, uh, being in the hospital, uh, putting, having them put a spinal tap in and I couldn't feel anything. My mom and dad were crying their eyes out, but I couldn't feel anything. That's a big needle. Mm -hmm. And I was a small child. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't walk. I couldn't run. I can't breathe. It sucked. Yeah. And you watch all these other people and they're having fun. And nevertheless, my family wasn't one to go have fun in the first place, but if I wanted to just run outside and be free or go to the redwoods and, and take a walk, it was hard. It was hard on me eating. I'm allergic to everything. And so finding out through herbs and oils that I can change my environment and I can change me and I can put it in my pocket. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and I bring little vials, um, roll-ons about this big, uh, the size of a lipstick, you can throw it in your purse, mm -hmm. you know, because when you can put crystals in it, you can put the herbs in it and there's little crystals in there and you have it with you at all times. And with that intention in there, it's going to increase your vibration for one, but you can't go into a Walmart and wave your stick of sage <laughs> and spray it on the guy behind you at the first of the month when everybody's getting paid. Trust me, I was a welfare mother. You can't do that in line. They're not going to let you light that. You can smoke a joint now in there, but you can't light your sage uh, and protect yourself. They smell a lot alike. There's no healing here. <laughs> it's funny you say that. It is hysterical you say that because the first time my husband had experienced my saging of the house, he was in law enforcement too. He was a canine officer. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and he comes running down the stairs and he screams my daughter's name. And he gets at the bottom of the stairs. He sees his dog laying there and he's smelling this and he can't figure out, he's not figuring out why the dog isn't detecting anything. Okay. And he turns the corner and he goes, honey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm saging the house. He goes, oh, I thought my dog was broken because he wasn't responding. I said, no, your dog's very good at detecting marijuana. This isn't marijuana. It just smells a lot, very pungent like marijuana. Yes. And so it was hysterical, but it, it was like, oh my gosh, you, you know? And I said, what are you freaking out about? You're a Catholic. Look at all the incense they do in the church oh, when you're going down in there and right all of that stuff. Earth. It's no different. It isn't. It isn't. It's very simple. And, and using these tools, why do they use that in the church, frankincense and myrrh? Why, why do we use sage and Palo Santo in a ritual? You, you have to get that, that boogeyman out of there. 
Um, and then you have to put something back into it. Mm -hmm. So when you say add the juniper, add the Palo Santo after the sage, you don't want to just open it up because now you've opened, not only let that boogeyman out for a second, but you've opened yourself up for more. Mm -hmm. And so you want to kind of close that barrier there and, and to say, okay, now it's closed. Mm -hmm. Now I can move forward. And I see, I love that. I, I love the fact that we could sit and talk about spiritual stuff for a long time. But the one question I haven't asked, and I, we didn't talk about this before, but how did you deal with the duality of being a spiritual person and being in law enforcement? Because I know how it was a duality for me. Because for me, it was just about the facts, man. Just, you know, it's all about the facts. But in the academy, they said, you know, you need to really rely on your gut instinct because that's what's going to protect you. They just didn't realize how enhanced my gut was. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And how do you explain? You can't explain that to people. Even if you have the experience of law enforcement and security and you come into uh, like, let's say like me, for instance, when I came in the security in, in the casino, these people didn't have that experience. And so just telling that, showing and sharing people just the facts, information, no opinion in the report, who was it, when did it happen, chronological order, put that in there. You don't need to sprinkle in the color of the room and the walls are blue and, you know, and I walked in the door and the lady greeted me with a hello. We don't want to hear that. It's not a romantic uh, interlude uh, in, in, in our novel in, in your book, but people unexperienced couldn't grasp that. So trying to share that. So on another level, I'm walking through the casino and I can see people's death face. Mm -hmm. Or I could see, you know, uh, wh what they were truly underneath mm -hmm. and, and to say, okay, uh, I'm profiling. No, really, mm -hmm. I'm looking at your profiling, your spirit, that's for sure. And right. say no judgment. I have to judge you for a safety reason. But to right. have somebody come in that's a pimp and say, hey, this guy is pimping these girls that you're chasing. You'll never get them out of the casino because you're not getting rid of the pimp that's sitting here watching us. We're too busy chit-chatting on a money run because you have to do the money drops in the casino at a specific time every night. That makes sense. And and tell them when to come in and rob it. That's a good idea. But <laughs> <laughs> and you and you not only tell them when to come in and rob it, but you're telling them when you're so busy mm -hmm. that you're not watching the girls. Mm -hmm. You're not chasing the girls down. Whatever you do, that's that's you. But on that level, when that's you're the good person, they're the bad person. Now you're giving them a space to do that. Mm -hmm. You're not paying attention. So the frustration of, hey, the pimp is sitting here with a beer. He's got a dollar in the machine. He's been sitting here for 20 minutes. Nobody plays a dollar for 20 minutes unless they're watching what you're doing because somebody's always watching you. And sitting here with the same beer, sipping his beer, no pimp sips their beer. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I, just agree. I agree. He's got all the tattoos, the tattoos of his gang that displays this. And you're looking at this, okay, bad guy. But you go to your manager's frustrated and he's, and he's saying next to the pimp, I just can't stop these hookers in the casino and I don't know why. And then he laughs. Well, the two hookers come to the pimp and talk to him, hand him their money in front of us and walk back into the room. <laughs> 
go back upstairs in the casino. And it's happening in front of us, but it's right there. But I had saw on an, on an energy, that's an experience level, but on an energetic level, I had been, my spidey senses tingled and I'm glad I've got my little bat belt on with all my, my, my tools and, and stuff uh, to play superhero, but something tingled inside of me mm-hmm. and said, Ooh, bad guy two o'clock. So I'm looking over there and I, and then something tells me ahead of time. And so, you know, this, so you have to explain to them my experience, mm-hmm. your experience, my gut instinct, my, uh, told me my intuition, mm-hmm. my spidey senses. Okay. Right. You know, so you're kind of explaining this at this different level. It's the terminology sometimes that you use, but the frustration of uh, uh, telling somebody who's totally not tuned in, absolutely tuned out, has no experience, life experience, but maybe flipping a burger if we're lucky, Mm -hmm. is now carrying a gun. And you cannot possibly be right. Correct. So there, there's that, that frustration, but seeing it on an energetic level and a spiritual level to say, okay, all right, this is not a good thing. I can see this coming a mile ahead. Yeah. And, and people say they want honesty. People say they want to trust you. People say they want you to tell them if something bad is going on, but the minute you report it, you're the bad person. And it works on the shadow level. Mm-hmm. If you tell your client, like you told your client before, hey, it's just not working because you're bringing me all this junk and I can't clean it. You're hoarding these demons. <laughs> don't bring them in a grocery bag to me. I don't want them. They stink. You know, so, you know, at, at what point do we say, and good for you for saying, hey, I just, I'm not able to work with you. But for me having to say, hey, I, I can't work with you. You ask me a question, you want an honest answer, I give it to you, and now I'm the bad person. Mm-hmm. For telling you the truth, don't shoot the messenger. Right. I'm the medium. I'm the conduit. And so it got to be the point where I was like, yeah, I'm a psychic. I don't care. You already think I'm nuts. You already have a problem with me. Touche. You had it differently because I got outed by the Secret Service. (gasps) I was getting premonitions and I had gotten a premonition of a guy that they were targeting Trump supporters. This was back when Trump was politicking to become president. Mm-hmm. And in that, he was doing these rallies. And I, I don't care who you vote for or what your stand is on it. However, I could physically see a man trying to portray himself as a cameraman's assistant <clears throat> wearing the the vest and with the batteries and the cables and all this other stuff. But the plan was that I, I, I felt was that he was supposed to come late. He was going to park the van as close to the side of the building where the people were sitting, not where Trump was. He wasn't trying to hurt Trump. He was trying to hurt and intimidate the Trump supporters like they did at MGM in Las Vegas. Mm, they sure did. And that was because they were trying to portray, you know, country Western music, people who like country Western music as white supremacist. But what happened when all these different races showed up because they like music, country Western music. Oh, yeah. And then it was a melee. So this wasn't long after that. And I guess that's why I was still so sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. However, what I did is I emailed the Secret Service Mm -hmm. and I told them 
everything that I had seen, I could identify them. In fact, I said to them, if you can send a forensic artist here, I can do a sketch of this person's face. So you'll have an identity of it. And I never heard anything else. Right. Long story short, they ended up changing Trump's rallies because mm -hmm. of it. And I'm sure it's because of it, but I, I can only suspect. Good. The thing was, is all, that's when he started doing his rallies on a tarmac. And even the news media can't take a, a vehicle out on the, on the no. tarmac. So everything had to be carted through and everything got checked. So that's how I know. But here's the backside of that story. I only sent this message to the Secret Service. I didn't send it to anybody else. I didn't tell anybody else other than my husband. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? You know, and I'm like, dude, I can't just sit here and not do this. You have to. I felt compelled to. Mm -hmm. Well, a week later, I started getting invitations on my Facebook page. And there was four of them. But three of them were friends that were already friends on my Facebook page that had passed. And within the week, I had literally just deleted. I mean, I knew them in person. It's not like it's something else. And they're wanting to try to friend me. And then I got this another one from a gentleman called Anthony Smith. And when I clicked it open to, you know, I look to see who it is. I don't know. We don't have any mutual friends. And it was the man that I could describe in my picture. Oh, wow. So how did my information get out to people? <coughs> right. So I've been in law enforcement for 40 years. When I moved to Tennessee, I went through the police academy at 60. And I said, you know, what? I'm just going to go to the academy. I'm going to get certified in Tennessee, you know, let's see what mm -hmm. we can do. And evidently the ninth district deputy director comes to the academy to start teaching us. And I'm standing there and he keeps staring at me. And I'm thinking, have I got toilet paper hanging off my shoe or something? You know, it's, you know, I'm looking for oddities that's making him pay more attention to me than everybody else. And then that night, all of a sudden, the instructors, when we went through simulation, tra simulation training uh, during the, a night class, um, the instructors tra started treating me differently. Mm -hmm. And so I knew the gig was up. You know. But then a week later, uh, two weeks later, I got another thing where this woman was, I felt her soliciting people to go out and murder the newly affirmed Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is, what has people lost their minds here? Yes, we don't I like know. somebody, we're going to murder them. Yes. What is yes. up with that? Yes. So again, I, I, I found her on Facebook. I contact, I, this time I didn't email nobody. I called the secret service and I said, Hey, listen, are we allowing people to solicit others to kill a Supreme court justice nowadays in this mm -hmm. country? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they said, no. And I said, well, they're doing it on Facebook and Facebook's not doing anything about it. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. They're perpetuating some of this and giving the, the connection. Um, and I agree. And, he, and then he says, do you know who she is? And I said, yes, I found her. He mm -hmm. said, could you send her a, a screenshot of it? I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then I just left it. And so the thing was, is because I contacted the Secret Service, I got out it while I was at the Academy at 60 about being a psychic medium and Chandler. Right. And so the thing was, is I don't care. 
I, I could care less. What are you going to do to me? Are you going to tell me yeah. that, you know, but guess what? I send you information and it turns out to be real. Why would you fear me? A hundred percent. Instead of, Hey, thanks. Now you're the bad guy. And the fear is that we are awakening. The fear is at this age, I'm going to be 50 at this age. We have experience. We have knowledge. We have training, right? And we have enough to say, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't care anymore because this is more important. This is the task I was set here on earth. I was given this information for a reason. And you can back that up and you have no fear. The problem is that you are not 18 or 16 or 20 and can totally be manipulated somewhere mm-hmm. in, in your friends. So what? If, if, if you, uh, you know, come into my friend circle or, or perpetrate that, uh, however you do, um, I, I'm, I'm old enough to say, okay, they, they, they decided to, to be on your side. I don't need to be with those people because I'm going to be safe. And that's why I kind of ran away from Las Vegas. And I said, look, I can't keep playing this game. I knew the shutdown was coming. Mm-hmm. I kept seeing the doors locked. I knew that the strip was going to be closed. Um, when October, uh, I think it was October 5th, happened that shooting. I saw that. I called my friend. I actually saw it with her when we were at a concert together because she was going to be part of that concert. And I was freaking out at the concert. Like, where are the exits? We got to find all the exits. You got to be careful. I got to stand by you. I got to protect you. And she's like, you're like my husband, which who worked for DOJ. She's like, I can't stand this part of you. We were at an essential oil event. So nothing was going on. It's just a bunch of old ladies at an oil event watching a, a, a concert. And, and it was a, a country music concert. And it was just it, people had their family. They had their friends. We're in the middle of Salt Lake City. Uh, so nothing was going on here. And I was panicking. I'm like, you got to have the, I just want to know where you are at all times. Tell me if you have to leave. And I'm never like that. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to tell her what I was saying. And I thought we were closer friends for her to understand what I was feeling. I was feeling the overwhelming panic that she felt the day that it happened. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to hear me. Mm -mm. And so when I got the call after that, that she was part of it and the description of it, when I was trying to tell her, hey, I'm sorry, I tried to warn you and I didn't know how to do it. I was shunned for that. And, and see, that's, that's, again, that old saying, you can lead horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Right. And the thing is, is when, I mean, I've, I've helped um, solve missing, murdered and indigenous people's cases. There's people in prison because of my intuitive abilities. However, the bottom line is, is that no matter what happens, when you start getting that look like this from the people you're supposed to go to and report it, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like, hmm. And then when people, your information gets out to people and they start trying to research you and, and look you up and I'm the wrong person to mess with. Right. Not because I'm in law enforcement. It's because I'm a, I'm a street kid and I'm a survivor. Hello. Hello. And And we are kindred spirits here, right? Absolutely. So the fact is, is that if I'm a street kid, I'm not going to play fair. I'm going into this shit wanting to win. I'm going home. A hundred percent. You have street smarts and you have the survival instinct. 
Yes. And people just don't get that. I, I can, you can go into hiding or you can protect yourself or you can do whatever you have to do at any level. And these people don't get that. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, I'm going to give her the evil eye. <laughs> we're going to watch her on camera and we're going to tell her when to work, where to work, how to work. And, and everywhere I was in a booth at the casino and I had three cameras on me. Plus I had a manager that was mm -hmm. everything. Okay. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> is there a reason? And going to that manager and saying, is there a reason you're following me? Is there a reason you're watching me? Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have me on video? Are you are you looking at me naked? I mean, what what do you want here? <laughs> they didn't like those questions. Yes, and they so didn't. I, like you the throw information it back given. No, no, they don't like that. They are scared of that. And I would tell people that my ex was in law enforcement and and worked with me, and and he knew me. And when I would tell him about this, he knew how I was. He knew who I was on both sides of the fence. And to tell him because he's the only person I can pretty much tell anything to mm -hmm. that wasn't going to share it with the rest of the world. But, uh, you know, it was no longer safe for me to tell him because it worried the crap out of him. Mm -hmm. It worried him. And I was like, look, we need to do something about this. This is going to close. Oh, yeah, it's okay. It's not okay. Yeah. This is not okay. I agree. I am in a place now in an environment at the time where I wanted to do something and I needed to do something. And, and I, I was put on earth for that and had that, what that, that have to have to complete this task. And you have this drive to let these people, let people know what's going on. And I'm like, okay, if we can't use it to the people in the casino and tell them, or we can't use it for friends because they won't understand or accept it. Can mm -hmm. we use it for ourselves? And that was a no. Mm. I okay. didn't even ask. I just did it. I was a walking lie detector. I could tell when somebody was lying to me when they're, you know, they're just, you know, saying, saying all kinds of stuff. And then it would be like, well, if you were with Joe and I have him on video at this place, but you weren't there, did you die and get re reincarnated? <laughs> <laughs> so these were the kind of things, but when you become a walking lie detector, when you're that connected, yes. you know, most people, they, it, it's fearful because then they're like, Oh, what do you know about me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What oh, are you yeah. gonna? What What do you sense about me? So I'm like, you know, it isn't even about that. Right. I oh, yeah. resonate with people's frequencies, and if you're low vibing, I don't want nothing to do with you. Hundred percent. But if you're out to harm humanity, now we're gonna talk. Now we're gonna have. I'm gonna really hone in on you. Oh yeah. So in that, but. Nicole, I love you. I love you. I love you. Can you give my listeners three tips? how they can better their life today just by. Okay. So, so, so three tips. One, just pick up your crystal and resonate with it and reconnect, reconnect to who you are. Just, just find that simple spot. And two, just breathe in, out. Just let it go for a second. Let it go for a second. And three, you know, take a look at yourself, not in a, not in a, not in a, a heinous critical manner, but just take a look at where you're at right now and what you can do to better yourself because you'll better everybody else. And just remember the simplicity 
of what you're doing and what your what task you have been given on this earth. I love that. I love that. And I, I, every one of those steps is absolutely correct. And it is about the simplicity. So now I ask this of all of my interviewees to sit back, take a deep breath in, connect with their five-year-old inner child. And what would she say about you and how far you've come? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. She'd be proud. Oh, yeah. Big hug. Oh, yeah. And she was like, there were several times you quit, but you just couldn't quit. You just didn't have it in you to quit. You you would think about, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. And then you keep going and you go, I'm done with this. And then you keep going. <laughs> and she was like, because that keep going is what got you to where you are now. It created that foundation. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I am so glad and grateful to be here and be part of this. Hang on just a second. It takes a special kind of individual to turn their dreams, their thoughts, and their ideas into their reality in life. Whether it's spirituality, entrepreneurship, author, writer, creator, whatever you want to call that individual. But Nicole Borgi, you stepped past your fears, you stayed the course, and you had the courage to do the follow-through. Nicole Borgi, you've championed yourself. We now know who you've become. Thank you for sharing your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, and your practices with us here today. 